Hey everybody, welcome to the Theomatic Podcast. I'm Craig. I'm Daniel. And this is a place that we are making good theology automatic. And um, we're going to talk about a really interesting subject today, and one that I think everybody deals with, but has maybe not conceptualized in this way. Now, what I do know that everybody experiences, especially in this season, this generation, is is a struggle in regards to we're, this feeling of like, we're in a battle. What are we in a battle against? Yeah. Is, it a, is it a plague? Is it just a, a disease? Is it the Democrats versus the Republicans? Is it my younger brother or sister or my spouse or yeah. somebody that has a different ideological or, uh, right? There's so many battlefields that are, like people are drawing lines today and it seems like people are getting further and further apart from each other. Um, but I wanna talk today about what the Bible describes as the enemies of uh, here, here's the term, the enemies of the soul, mm-hmm. or or uh, the theological term, one of them would be the triad of evil, because I think we need to know who it is or what it is we're battling or fighting against, mm-hmm. what, maybe not what war we're in, but what battlefield are we on in the war that we're in, in order to know how to fight, we have yeah. to know who we're fighting against. Yeah, this comes up a lot in scripture, you know, so, so, um, a, a kid is having a seizure and it happens to be that she's possessed by a demon and it's not like a, a sickness, as an example. Exactly. Like, and if you don't address, address the right enemy, you may not have the right effect. Right. Fair Be- enough? Exactly the point, because you cannot heal a demon and you can't cast out a sickness. There you go. Right? You have to heal a sickness and cast out a demon. So, so theologically speaking, we have a few... Uh, like I guess you would say high level enemies and then everything, every challenge that you face is going to fall basically under one of those commanders, let's mm-hmm. say. So I'm going to read a couple passages out of Ephesians to start and then we're going to jump into the conversation. Um, just to begin with, this is a prayer that 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 Paul is praying for the, the church, the people. We could say he's praying this for us as well and we're picking up right in the middle of the prayer, which is this, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, Mm. I'm praying that you might know the hope to which you have been called, to know the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints and to know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might. Now, we didn't read the first 17 verses of this chapter, but if you did, which you should go back and read it, you would know that what it is, what he has already described for you is like 15 things that God's already done. He's already called you. He's already saved you. He's already forgiven you. He's already, right? He's already seated us mm-hmm. with Christ in the heavenly places. That's a whole mystery in and of itself. He's already done all of these things. That's reality. And yet we find him praying this prayer that even though it's already done in the cosmos, in essence, it's done in reality, if we don't receive it and experience it, it's not going to be real in us. Yeah. So he's praying that, that we would, in light of God's reality, embrace the reality and live into uh, many things, but including the great power that he's called us to. And so I want to let you know, first off, as we jump into this, in the Holy Spirit, you have the power to overcome everything that comes at you in this life. And you have the power to do what God's asked you to do. And you have, he has the power through you or in you 
over the enemies that you face. Now, here they are. Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 5. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Now, that's just a reality. We have to recognize that when we're, when we're living in sin, we're dead in that. Following the course of this world, there's number one. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. Now, that's just one of the titles that's attributed yes. to, um, I would say, the devil, but really, more broadly speaking, the devil and his demons, the whole, um, the whole basically, army of darkness. So the world, the, the, the devil, and then it says this, um, the spirit that's now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all lived in the passions of the flesh, carrying on the desires of the body and of the mind, we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And so here at the beginning, as I'm just presenting this initial thought, and then we're going to talk about this, I want to present to you that we have three enemies in this life that we live. It's not just the devil. It's not just, let's blame the devil for everything. It's not just, I made a really bad decision. Well, the devil made me do it. Let me mm. present to you the three that are found in this passage. And really, it's just an echo of what the scriptures are showing us. There are three enemies of the soul. That The triad of evil is this. Number one, the world. The word there is cosmos. It doesn't just refer to literally the earth. It refers to the ways of culture, yes. the temptations of, of society. It refers to materialism, secularism, naturalism, the general pursuit of, of unredeemed sinful nature of humanity together. It, it's, 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 it's generally humanity's cultural sinful nature. That's what the world is, okay? It's not just the earth. It's the spirit of the world. That's the first enemy that we have. The second enemy that we have is the devil. Uh, that The word for that is Diablos, or his other name is Satan or mm -hmm. Satan, right? And so, but really, and this is really important theologically to remember, this is huge. The devil is one fallen angel. Yes. And he is in one place on this planet at, at any time. given time. So actually... The chances that you have ever been specifically attacked by the devil are actually statistically very, very low. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so that's important to note because so many of us think, oh, the devil, the devil's everywhere. The devil, devil. He's just not. He's not omnipresent like God is. He's not omniscient like God is. This is good theology. This is what you need to know. He's not everywhere. He doesn't know everything. He's not in your head. Ooh, that's a good one. Right? We covered that one time at, when we preached together. Now, but what he does have is he has a legion of fallen demons. It says a third of the angels fell with him. So that that it, there are many fallen angels or demons that are on this planet. Um, and and the, basically the spiritual forces of darkness, later on in Ephesians, it says that our battle is not against flesh and blood, not against that person or those other humans that you don't like or you disagree with. Our battle is against principalities and powers and spiritual forces of darkness. Unseen realms, yeah. Right, in the unseen realms. So for the sake of argument, I'll say that the second one is Satan and all of the demons and the spiritual forces of darkness. So the world, the devil and his demons, and then the third one, I don't know if you've heard this before, but the third battle that <laughs> you have and that you're in all the time, 
that you don't actually all the time even need the world to be tempting you. You don't even need the devil to be tempting you. It's called the flesh. Yes. The word the word there is sarks, and that word is not just talking about skin and bones and sinews and veins. It's it's a spiritual term that is referring to um, the passions of the flesh or the the personal passions of a of a sinful nature, like what your personally inclined to when you are an unredeemed person it's it's the proclivities of man yes. it's the temptations towards sin and it's just really important that we recognize that those three things are different from each other and so when you find yourself in a battle um, with a friend with uh, somebody that has a different political view from you uh, with another human being you're in a battle or put that aside you're in a battle and you just feel like you're being attacked spiritually mm. or you are giving yourself over to certain sin and temptation. It's really important that you have the theological framework to mm. think through, pray through, talk through, discuss with trusted people, the church through. What is it exactly that I'm facing? What is it that I, what battle am I in right now? Because if you don't know who your enemy is, then you won't know how to fight against your enemy. So um, if you know the enemy and you know yourself, you need not fear the results of a hundred battles. If you know yourself but not your enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer defeat. If you know neither your enemy nor yourself, you will su succumb in every battle. And that is from The Art of War. Hmm. So we are in a war, and it's not just against one enemy. It's it's potentially against one, two, or three at the same time. So I present that to you. What do you think? Well, and, and the adversary, so I agree 100%. It's in the scripture. Um, I would love to talk about practical ways it gets expressed or that they might be able to sense it. They like anyone watching. You mean how we can know which? Yes, one or five. I'd love okay. to get touch on that. Um, oftentimes, the adversary of your soul, the devil, that that active. Now, remember, you're, so you're 100 percent right. And from what I understand from scripture, he's not, not omniscient. He's not everywhere at once, and you very little chance he is personally messing with you. Likely, he is interfering with humans, but like you know, humans with a lot of power or influence that through their, if he manipulates them, they'll use their power, will, and resources to hurt others and advance his agenda. So likely right. it's not, you know, when you forget to put gas in your car, you're like, nice try, devil. Probably not the devil. Right. For sure not. Right. Um. So, so, um. but what he will do so cleverly is he'll set up systems in the world that prey on your flesh drive. Right. Yeah. So they're all they're so all they're intertwined mingled. for sure. They're mingled. Yes. So in but a way, I guess what I'm getting at is like this this the idea that like, oh, the devil's just attacking me. No, you're just giving into your flesh. Right. Right. But, so but my entire point in just in this long setup is to say that oftentimes the things that we are kind of like not understanding in the Bible, like um, or or are difficult for us to be like, why would he want us to do that? are because what he's doing is he's refuting a system that he knows 
an adversary has set up that we have a drive to fall for. It is like an expert trapper with bait we want in a place we often go. Mm -hmm. And the Lord is telling us, like he talks about so much with sexual immorality. Right. I mean, that is a big one where you'll see this play out. And it will be, it starts with a proclivity or a peculiar sexual drive internally the world will start to accept that as a normalcy and then it'll be adopted as an identity and it was never intended like that is not your design that right. is not the best hope for you in the healthiest way that you can be but that's as example how it starts right does that make sense like oh, yeah like he knows there's a peculiarity he'll normalize it and then he'll he'll elevate it right when somebody is, let's say, um, just an ev- I don't know what an, whatever an everyday temptation you know, just a normal person trying to live normal life, facing normal struggles, and they're they're going through it. So they're stressed out and they're Their getting they're down. getting angry, okay. right? So anger. We'll so use let's just anger. take yeah, just let's just run with anger. They're Which they're leads finding to them murder. S- <laughs> okay, <laughs> it leads to I've murder. Seen Star Wars, <laughs> or Jesus's opinion is like murder. It is like murder. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's just say the non-murderous version no, of anger. Okay, <laughs> just like regular old anger that is just harming your soul and probably harming other people. Yeah. So how would one go about battling that? You know that enemy. So in that in that sense, is your anger because a demon's making you feel angry? Mm-mm. Probably not. No. no. Could potentially there be a, a spiritual force of darkness that's, you know, doing things in your world that's creating the circumstance in which you become angry? Yeah, for potentially. sure. Potentially. Potentially, but not necessarily every time. Like mm-hmm. Life's know. just hard also. Yeah. Like, the, rain you know? also, the rain just falls on <laughs> the just and the unjust. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so let's just say for the sake of example, it's probably not a demon like explicitly attacking you and it's for sure not a demon in your head making you be angry unless you're demon possessed possibly but mm, or again, breast, yeah. for the sake of argument let's say that's not happening sure okay so that's off the table so um is it the world is well i guess some some things that are happening in the world just maybe if it's just the natural fall of the world like yeah just natural sucky things yeah uh, like like seven out of ten times it's usually your flesh and then exacerbated or accepted or persuaded by the world. Okay. And then oftentimes, like if you've ever like um, dealt with animals before, like lots of animals, um, you know, the shepherd just sort of watches. Well, there's an anti-shepherd that looks for weakness or the troubled people who are in trouble, and then you'll get harassment externally. Right. 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 Does that make sense? Yeah. That's how I view it. And I think I could back that up if I had enough time in scripture. But like, um, that's often so regular anger, probably just your flesh. And there's probably something like, for example, workaholism that usually leads to to anger and unhappiness. That is celebrated in American culture. People almost boast right. about how hard they work and how little they sleep and how hard they have it. That's that's the world perpetuating and celebrating unhealthy things that your flesh wants in a you know and is bad for oh, you. Oh yeah. At least at least in the West we're like 
trained in this generation to where if somebody says, how are you doing? And you don't say, oh, I'm busy or what's going on. If you don't say busy, John you Homer. feel guilty because <laughs> you're not like, you know, doing enough. Yeah. Because to be doing enough means you're busy all the time. But, but. so to answer your question directly, that angry, normal person, most likely it's their flesh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So in for the sake of argument, in this case, this everyday normal missing the mark is is not necessarily the devil, not mm-hmm. necessarily the world, although, you know, brought on by things of the world, but let's just say this struggle, this particular battle is against the flesh. So how do we take on this battle? What are some things that I'll start? I'll start with one you can throw in. I say prior to the action step that you might take. Um, that y- you need to go backwards. Like so, number one, remember who, like who you are, identity in in Christ. We know that the devil and and the devil does attack. He tempted the Jesus. If you are the Son of God, so remember your identity. Um, and then number two, begin to ask yourself, okay, I'm not going to blame this on the devil. I'm not going to blame this on the Take world. Take responsibility. This is, this is in me. Mm-hmm. But what's the root of it? Mm-hmm. So if it's an anger issue, that's that's how it's coming out of you is a symptom of something deeper. So what is the root inside of you? Um, and be, and see if you can begin to analyze or take inventory of what it is that's coming out of you in anger. Start there. Yeah. And then where should you, where that, should you go from there? That's so important because there actually is a holy and righteous anger you're allowed to have. And if you look deep within and the root is that, and you can identify, no, I am... There is an injustice that absolutely boils my blood and I can no longer stand for it. That's actually a righteous thing. You're allowed to be angry. You just can be, you're not to sin while you're in your anger. Anger and sin not, right? Right, right, right. So it's okay to feel anger. So I 100% agree, go a step deeper. But usually, often, anger comes from a lack of feeling like you're in control of your life, hurt, a wound, fearful, anxiousness, all those things. There are antidotes in the Bible, um, things that you can do and try and processes you can begin that will like let, I describe it like a river and you work up sediment, which is like agitation. And as that river flows, it gets cleaned out. So I agree. Um, Then I would confess if I find it to be a sin. What I believe the Bible says is once you identify it as a sin, you confess your sin to one another so that you can be healed of it or cleansed of it. God is faithful and just Just, to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from yes, all unrighteousness. correct. And, and the importance to me of confession is that verse where it talks about where sin increases, grace hoopa abounds or super abounds. Mm-hmm. If we don't admit or own our sin, there isn't a lot of grace for that sin that's unadmitted. Right. It's self-righteousness. People that don't think they have sin, they're very self-righteous. God, God can deal with the unrighteous. He cannot deal with the self-righteous. Totally. Right? Exactly. So when you own your sin and confess it, there is so much grace in the Spirit and actual help from a trusted friend. He so gives grace to the humble. That's right, he does. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so we recognize, and again, this is just, anger is just an example. Any any battle you're facing like that, you go back, you know, you say, okay, what is this, what is the root down here in this? You recognize that, you confess that, you bring it to mm-hmm. light when you confess he's faithful and just, mm-hmm. and then, then you have to start taking some actions yeah. because every time God highlights something for you, Convicts go you of no righteousness. Yeah. Then he says, go and sin no more. That's it. He says, die to the flesh. That's it. He says, cut off the hand. He says, and so there's- Flee but pursue. Flee. Yeah. Flee from evil. So we're just trying to lay out the pattern here because it's just, these are practical things. 
other than just saying, well, the devil's attacking me. Yeah. 70% you know, of the time, it'll be that. It'll be your flesh. And that is the process you would go through. Right. And so it could be in any subject, not just anger, you know, like say it's, you know, se sexual immorality. Well, wh what are some practical steps? If, if in prayer and confession, we're believing that God is going to do what only he can do, like heal us, mm -hmm. he can only do that and he will. Then if, if he was standing there in front of you and he said, now that I've done that for you, my child, this is what I want you to do. What would he say? Mm. You know? So let's just say it's, I get, as a pastor, I get people come up to me and ask for prayer all the time for things like pornography. Yeah. Like, let's just go there, right? You wouldn't say, Jesus would be like, go and keep looking at pornography. Of course you not. You would never say that. Right. So then the- Go back into the trap of the fowler. <laughs> right. So then it begs the question, well, how can I avoid it in this culture? Well, then I would say, do you absolutely have to have a computer in your room with you? No. No. Do you have to have a smartphone? I mean, Craig, I have to check my TikToks. <laughs> but the truth is, if we actually cared, we could throw that thing over a cliff. Like yeah. we can't. There, the point is, there are things that God has. God always gives a way to deal with yes. an issue when it's in accordance with His will. That's right. So I'm just inviting you to consider number one, who the enemy is, and then to begin to ask. What is the source of how the symptoms coming out of me? And then how is God asking me to deal with it? If it's the flesh, how do I kill it or flee from it? Mm -hmm. If it's the world, how do I, you know, still love the world, but separate myself from the influence of it? If yes. it's the devil, well, Rebuke. man, we should probably do a whole nother episode on how to, how to spiritually take authority over mm -hmm. the principalities and powers of darkness because yeah. we do, the Holy Spirit Let's in do you- that is more powerful. We should do that. Let's, Let's do, do that a series season. on all three. Maybe we'll just open it with this being a cap or sort of a introduction to what all three are. And the point Craig is trying to make and where we see God's heart is that he's unfolded in scripture um, and helped us identify the enemy so we know how to fight. And he's acknowledged to us that there is a battle and it's ours to win. And there's really great truths and things you can do practically. Um, but I believe you're 100% right. And I agree with what the word says, is that when you know what your enemy is, do the things to have the outcome. Mm -hmm. it is, there's, it's not magical. It's us co-participating in God's prescription for health. We have to participate in it to get the outcome that we want. Amen. Let me just, if it's okay, can I just close? Yeah. With, um, I'm actually going to echo... Paul's prayer here and just say a prayer for everybody um, that that as we recognize all the things that God has already done and accomplished for us and go back and read Ephesians 1 please read it read Ephesians 1 and 2 read the whole book <laughs> that that you'll see how many things God's already done and now I'm going to pray that we would have uh, the ability to grasp it and to walk into it and mm. so Lord I pray that the eyes of our hearts would be opened and enlightened that we would know the hope to which you have called us to, that we would know what the riches of are of our, our glorious inheritance with the saints, and that we would know the immeasurable greatness of your power towards Come us on. who believe uh, according to the working of your great might. Would you fill every person with your spirit overflowing, mm. that you would uh, empower them to overcome the battles that they're facing and to walk in your path. And we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.